is back. Starving for attention is back. Because they are, they're sort of the original super. Oh, and here we go. We're on, guys. Welcome to Starving for Attention. Richard and Jasmine Blaze back again. Back again. Uh, using this amazing microphone here. I know. This has really upped our upped our game, I feel like. Yeah. We'll get- I feel like, I don't know. You guys let us know after you listen to the audio on this on this one, because now, even in the interview, we're using good mics. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, listen, I think we're going to get into it a little bit here in the open, but the world has changed. I mean, we are like, all wires are everywhere. Rooms are studios. Backyards are sets. We just, I don't know. You were talking about getting a, a rack or something for the patio, and it just made me like cringe i know we talked about uh, this last week of just serious? like just just the slow evolution of our house turning into a professional kitchen and a professional recording studio but okay. it's fine yeah i was gonna say at least call it both ways it's, yes. it's becoming both uh, oh, yes. you know what has been sort of steady sailing steady though, eddie through like a, a, it seems like eternity in What's a that? good way well it's been for over a century jasmine s pellegrino sparkling mineral water it's been an iconic symbol of style and taste in a world of unlimited choices, the iconic green bottle with the red stars become a universal beacon of unique taste experiences and a beacon of uh, our podcast, Starving for Attention. That's what you're listening to. That's the drink that's in front of us. And S. Pellegrino with its distinctive gentle bubbles, subtle nuances, and perfect mineral balance just works great with food. That's why uh, we serve it uh, on the table here for the family and all of our restaurants and really in our uh, home kitchen that, as you mentioned, Jasmine, is becoming a restaurant. As Pellegrino, it's for the special experiences with family and friends, the ones that matter most. Plan for an unforgettable meal and a most memorable moment. With S. Pellegrino, you'll find a moment of great taste waiting to be enjoyed. To enhance your moments with unique recipes and culinary tips, visit sanpellegrino.com. All right, so listen, we just talked about it. The house is becoming, uh, well, you know, we're, we're in it all the time. We're still on uh, modes of quarantine, regardless of where you're at. We're still in this uh, moment. I, the Quarantine Chronicles were only five episodes, but it could have been 50. We could have kept it. Just keep it rolling. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, we're still in it. Um, I think that that is what we're doing. And, and um, definitely everything has kind of changed. I was thinking about this <clears throat> before we got on our Zoom here uh, with our guest today. Um how before this pandemic, before the shutdown, before everything, we had done maybe like one Skype uh, for a podcast. And I don't think I was a fan. I don't think I liked mm. it. I, th- I think I at the time was just like, oh, how are you going to connect with someone? You got to be on the video chat. You know, I really only FaceTimed with like friends and family at that point, you know, so really only video chatted with people I was very close to. And, you know, it was weird and odd and strange. And now it's like preferred. <laughs> What do you think? Hmm. Wow. Preferred. That's a strong I, take. I would I say that shockingly, I agree with you. Certainly, it's amazing to sit down with someone and be able to have that human connection. Of course. When yeah. you're in the room. And I do miss that very much. But uh, being in front of the microphone or in front of the camera now a lot and, and, and sometimes on these technologies like Zoom, I agree. I'm a fan now of it. And I think as a society, we're just sort of learning how to uh, embrace this technology. And now I agree like, like that it's kind of fun. Like we're figuring out how to, you know, wait an extra beat so someone talks. Yeah, that that is taking a little bit of time. Luckily, uh, I am getting more and more familiar with GarageBand editing and um, able to edit through some of those kind of weird moments of, oh, no, you go. No, 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 you go. It's okay. (laughs) Oh, sorry. You know, so we're getting getting through those and they're just kind of like fun. And I, I guess maybe some of it is just connection, too. Right. Like you get to see people. And it really doesn't matter if it's in person or if it's on a Zoom at this point. You're just kind of like happy to see people. It is. Yeah, it's become a. a that's a how I know moment. I'm a. That's how I know I'm a dog person. Oh. <laughs> Since go. I'm like, yeah, people. I don't really care who it is. I'm just like, hi, hi. It's good to see you. That's uh, true. Garbage man. Okay, good to see you, man. I, I think it was last week we determined I'm more of a cat person. Yes. Um. But yeah, I agree. Like, and also like, just think about how like society has sort of like changed during the last couple of months yep. on these platforms. You know, in the beginning, you know. Carol was going to the bathroom while she was broadcasting. Do you remember that? There's some really good like Zoom flops, Zoom moments, right? Well, now there's like these kind of, I mean, I I guess they're unwritten rules of Zoom, right? Like Hmm. um, I was on a Zoom with like 200 people 
And when you're in a Zoom of that big, you can do anything you want, I feel like. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, well, you got to scroll. The odds so that no one, that someone is going to see you in some weird moment are slim. Um, you could have your camera off, obviously. But you could also, like, in a weird voyeuristic way, like, just go through and, and watch people. <laughs> which is... Which is weird. Which is fun. Right. Fun. Which is something that, again, if you're sitting in the meeting, right. you can't just, like, straight up stare at someone. Because <laughs> that would right. be creepy. Although this, yes. that's inspiring me for a couple of memes. Yeah. Uh, which, that's a really interesting part of it. And I also feel like, well, now you're, this is totally live, obviously. Um, but because we're doing a lot of filming for mostly private corporate events mm-hmm. from our backyard, which is now somewhat a professional kitchen, as you mentioned. Yes. Uh, the crowds are larger because it's broadcast from home. People don't have to drive to the event. Right. People can bring their significant other or, or their, their kids. kids. Right. Yeah. Especially with cooking, we're getting a lot of families watching. So it's been interesting to evolve. And, and I try to come up with a hot beat or a take in every episode. Right. And this actually is coming from a conversation we had with our youngest daughter, who, who is, I think, p- perhaps struggling the most with the changes or the you know because she's young she's the mm-hmm. youngest right yeah she's nine ten yeah and uh you know the 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 evolution that we're in that yeah. like like it's not going to, we're not just going to wake up and it's just going to come back on the way it was just like uh every moment in history like this has not like it, nothing goes back to the way it was so if you're thinking like hey still if you're still just like hey don't worry the fall's going to come around like it's just it's never going to be exactly the way it was and that's fine. Do you think never? Well, no. I mean, I mean, never is no. an interesting word. I mean, I just well, you know. I don't think so because, as an example, we're use, we're talking about like the Zoom technology right now and these right. conference calls, right? That's not going to change, right? right. So, like, I, I don't mean like we're not going to. Well, I think people are getting comfortable with it, right? I think that, and that's what we're saying is that people of all ages at all levels are becoming incredibly comfortable with doing their business via a Zoom. And if it's cheaper and effective and you can actually get everybody on it, you know, mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. not have conflicts of time or space, well, why wouldn't you, right? A hundred percent, right. So yeah. businesses are going to learn that it's, it's maybe perhaps more cost productive and now people are comfortable with it. All right, question. Have yeah. you ever done a Zoom with no pants on? I'm sh- in, in shorts. I'm definitely, well, I mean, you, again, most of my stuff is outside grilling. Shorts. So I'm wearing up shorts a lot more than I would. I have never not wore pants, but I think I've dropped the joke a few times. Total right. dad joke. Like, like you don't have pants on. Or, or I don't even have to. You right. know, I would never say that on a, on a <laughs> Zoom call. Say. But I mean, like, hey, you know, if I'm talking to people who are on Zoom, like, hey, you don't even have to, like, get dressed for this, okay. basically. But I will say this, guys and girls and everyone listening. Um, and ma- mainly for all the pundits that are on television broadcasting from home, can you just find like a wall? Can you just find a basic wall that's well lit? Can you buy? Why you're mad at their background? A ring light? Can you? No, just like there's. Such Would you a- rather they be in that northern <laughs> northern lights virtual background? Well, or, or even that bring some comedy to the game. Like there is just so many broadcast from homes with. Really, really uh, crazy. I mean, the connections, okay, you can't blame someone for, you know, not having a great connection sometimes. But you can just hang a picture behind you. It doesn't have to be fancy. You can find just a basic wall. You know, for me, I... My favorite part of this (laughs) is because, and you will readily admit this, that you're not completely tech savvy all the time, um, has been where you pick up uh, your Zoom profile or whatever you get onto your zoom page to zoom with someone and one of our kids has been on your ipad before that on zoom Mm -hmm. and you have like a giant kitten as your virtual background or i think the last time it was like a thousand pictures of Embry, like Uh she just kept duplicating over and over again of screenshots and there was like a thousand of her so that's that's my been my favorite part yeah and again early on where you don't know how to change it and you're and you're going as one of their our kids names yeah exactly (laughs) i've done that i've taken a serious professional call with a brand and be like oh that's my kid's name, sorry, I'm just jumping on here. And apologies for the cats. This yeah. is true. Um, the same can be said, though. What are some, and this comes up today. Let's lead into our guest today. Mm-hmm. It is uh, Food Network star Justin Warner. That's right. Uh, he's got a new book, uh, Marvel's Eat the Universe. And first um, time on the pod by himself. Yes, he's yeah, been right. in the sort of uh, Triple G sort of like group sessions. Backstage sessions. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all, you know, uh, in in the hotel room, so to speak, with the cast on, on a couple episodes. But uh, his first solo session and, and sort of the, the Zoom etiquette comes up a little bit. And you just brought this up. So we'll yeah. get into it. Yeah. The, we record these sessions, okay, previously recorded yeah. yesterday. Yeah. 
Uh, and usually it's we get to see people. They come in on their yeah. Zoom. Yeah, yeah. And Justin Warner did not give us uh, no access. No access. No video to the access. Video. Well, he audio. said he had to go get a, his video, his his uh, uh, webcam, which I get it. Like, uh, you know, I think um, if you're on like a laptop or something, like sometimes like the webcam's not great, or like you know you might not get good a good picture, um, or you know he's a gamer, he might have some like elaborate setup that he just didn't have going. Oh, but. Um, it yeah. raises the question, right? So you had the question, and this yeah. is a good one. Yeah. And again, for, this has nothing to do with Justin Warner. Uh, we're blessed to have him on the podcast, and he's amazing. Quite honestly, this is going to be a great episode. So stay, yeah, tuned, stay tuned in. Yeah. Um, and again, I think probably like me, sometimes I'm just like, oh, okay, no, let's just like I, you don't need, if you don't need the yeah, like video, on a big call, I don't ever put you don't it, need I the never video, put it on. Do it. But the, the only it, time I did this during the <laughs> pandemic was. I mean, I've wanted to do it all the time, so kudos. I mean, honestly, because yes. uh, I very rarely want to turn the camera on. Um, but I did do it early on. This was probably like end of March. We had a all hands on deck call with our financial advisors, <laughs> and I was just like, they come on and they're on the screen, and I was I can't do it, guys. Like I'm not I'm not doing it. And I I kind of felt funny about it, but I just held in for that 30 minute call because most of it I was just like I didn't want to let them see my face of like just utter shock at, at yeah. uh, everything that was going on in the financial markets at the end of March. So Oof, yikes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I get that. That makes sense. And again, I, I, is it, is there etiquette with that? Is it weird when you're the one or two people on the call that doesn't have uh, the video up? If you can put the video up, because sometimes again, yeah. I think Justin just didn't have the, a setup. The funniest part, again, I'm going to go back to your, a little bit of your tech um, mm -hmm. knowledge is, is uh, in that call, you were like, well, you can't see me. Oh, then he could but, see me though. Yeah. He could see. Yeah, he could see it's me. It's a zoom. Yeah. He can see. That was good, actually. That was hilarious. That that, that was really really. I just that said was, hilarious. That was which total, hilarious. Hilarious. Um, my New Yorker accent. It's coming. coming out. It's coming out more. I well, think. Because I have no access to other people. Is point. that what it is? You're reverting back to your New I don't York know. roots. Like, I think so. Something's happening because I I just listened to some of the audio. I was starting to edit it, and I was like, wow, he's really got like a super accent. Yeah. Maybe it's talking to Justin. Maybe Justin has a little accent. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Justin, of course, and lived in Brooklyn for a while. He's right. out in South Dakota. Um, one of the other things he gets into, by yeah. the way. Yeah. So I do think I'm reverting real quick. <laughs> I'm like a baseball fan again right now. My hair's well, growing. That happens every year. Uh, also, I'm you know I'm, I'm I'm going back to some 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 of the roots for sure. Uh, but here's the interesting twist. So Justin Warner, a tech, super tech savvy. Like, like I didn't know he could see me. Um, <laughs> but we're talking and we're talking about all this technology. At the same time, people are getting away. People are getting connected mm -hmm. with, like we said earlier on, uh, you know, baking bread, living the simple life, maybe, tr you know, if they have access to it, enjoying nature more. And Justin, again, he's a high tech chef right. who basically, and one of the things that are just fascinating things about him of many things is that he just j jumped in an RV and basically sort of like toured around the country for a while. Right. Like took off. And he's stopped now in South Dakota, I think settled down, just bought a house, mm -hmm. not to spoil anything mm -hmm. coming up. Mm hmm. Um, but I love this sort of contrast and duality of like, yes, the world, we need the technology. Thank goodness for it right now. Uh, and we need to stay connected that way. At the same time, people are like, let's just go buy a camper if they're available because they're not. Right. Yeah. And let's go tour the country. Well, that's the interesting juxtaposition here, right? Is that this you're um, finding that because you have to be a little bit more distanced or because there's like this forced um, – uh, you know, isolation, you kind of are like, well, let's just really do it. <laughs> let's let's really go out into the middle of the woods and not be near anybody. Um, but I think that's getting harder and harder from what I hear at like national parks and things like that are mm. like super jammed with people and lots of trails. And we've seen it even just on some of the like local trails and things. People are out. Yes. People are out and about. They're busy. They're getting they're getting work for sure. Uh, but I love it. I love this contrast. And you, you talked about an RV <clears throat> for us. like Early. Like, early. listen, I feel yeah. like I've been pretty smart about this whole thing and like we are going to take this trip but like right off the bat i was like we just need to jump in you know rent, let's rent an rv and let's go and all you need is really good wi-fi to, to make that connection again like you want to get out in nature but you need a little bit of you know to, to operate uh professionally sure for yeah. us we would need you know some technology of course but yeah i want to do it so justin did it we yeah, spent we'll, a lot of we'll get some tips maybe yeah we spent a lot of time just listening to him sort of and writing down I, notes I about his experience from what i can tell I think we would need someone to be a little bit more uh, of a handyman in the mm. if we mm. 
and it could be me i mean i could learn how to like fix an rv i think i'm probably the, the more apt candidate but yeah don't this is true <laughs> I'll keep us. Fed. I don't know how I feel about pressure washing a toilet or anything well, like that. So, <laughs> well, maybe we can keep Justin Warner on the speed dial, and he can consult. Sure, we can go in his driveway on this trip <laughs> that we're help. upcoming. Here he is, a Food Network star, the amazing Justin Warner. Justin Warner in, uh, well, I was going to say in the building, virtually in the building. Uh, brother, what's up? You know, I'm just hanging out, uh, sitting here at my computer desk in my uh, cave. Uh, it's dark. It's cool. And uh, those are places I like to be in the summer months. Oh, I like it. Where? What state are you joining us from? I'm in Rapid City, South Dakota. Uh, wow. I'm pretty amazing. Sadly, one of the few states I've never visited. Uh, but I need to get out there, hang out with you. Now I kind of wish you had a camera because I want to see what, what Rapid City, South Dakota looks like. Well, you would honestly, from here, you would just see like basically a storage closet where I have all of my gaming computer <laughs> stuff like... Literally, I, nice. I got rid of the camera because everybody kept commenting that I had like an old Christmas tree and like people don't get it. I'm literally in like a storage closet in my basement. Right. <laughs> um, but South Dakota, yeah, it's beautiful otherwise, aside from my storage closet. It, yeah. it is the, uh, it's, it is the uh, one of the most interesting things of the pandemic is everyone just broadcasting from their homes and it, whether you're watching like a serious newscast or just zooming with friends, you're like, yeah, that, yeah, they're in their closet. Or, wow, could they could they get some better lighting? Like, it's just wires everywhere for everyone. Yeah, it's it's a weird time uh, for sure. And then you know the politics of uh, mic muting and that sort of thing. It's um, I, I think it's really been a, a nice thing for us to leap forward uh, socially. You know, to us all have this sort of collective technology experience uh, under our belt, or at least be uh, familiar with it. That's true. There's a, there's a lot of learning going on. I mean, I watched uh, um, a Capitol Hill testimony where someone was like, uh, "Senator, your 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 mic is is muted." Yeah, <laughs> but great. Now now that we all know this, I mean, think about this. I'm sure we've all been on conference calls. Now, like mic muting is just going to be standard going forward, and it, it, that's I think a good thing. I had a moment actually. I was on a conference call yesterday. It was the first time I've done so many conference calls, just like we all have. And it was the first time I ever had to be like, can someone put their phone on mute? I hear all this rustling. And I think it was actually, I think it was my manager, Cameron, who tends to do this from time to time. But like, I've never had the nerve to ask someone to go on mute. But I think like you're saying, because we're all doing this now, it's like, hey, there's some, have some decorum. Put, put, put your speaker on mute. The ethics are coming in. Exactly. You know, if you're going to do like human interaction from your basement storage closet, like practically in your underwear, at least have exactly like the, the decorum to mute the mic. So I have a question. So your storage closet Zoom room, has that been a new space for you or were you always using that as like your gaming space? Because well, I know like I'm finding new spaces in our house all the time to just hide. Right. <laughs> so, um, well, I bought a house uh, in October of last year and it's really yes. old. Uh, thank you. Um, that's like a huge millennial accomplishment. You know, like I'm really like bucking the trend here by like paying a mortgage. Totally. Yeah. And so um, anyway, the house is old. It was uh, built in 1908. So I'm doing a lot to restore it. So you know, I'm kind of working like room by room, project by project to uh, get things in like where I think their forever place will be. And so right now, um, it just so happened that in this like storage area, um, because I haven't decided what we're going to use it for, happened to be close to the router. And for my like video gaming needs, you know, like I need to be plugged directly in. So uh, here we are. I love that. So like, that's, it's not, that's a high, a high stream demand there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's not like for my needs of like, well, I guess technically <laughs> gaming is a business, but are you, is that just leisure for you or, or is the gaming part of it? Is that business for you? You know, at this juncture, it's, it's purely leisure, but I, I look at keeping up with video game trends as being um, essential for business. So if, like, for example, um, I, uh, I did this event at a school where I was just, you know, showing kids how to make ooey gooey mac and cheese and, uh, you know, classic, we've all been there. And, um, yes. I got up and the kids were so rowdy, man. So I did a Fortnite dance and then I just had them. I had them. And they were like, we've never seen the kids pay attention to anyone like that before. And I was like, well, you got to learn your Fortnite dances, bro. Right. See, I'm going through that same <laughs> moment right now with uh, TikTok, and I'm getting so much heat from our friends. Justin, 
I understand. What are you doing? And it's like, no, let's trust me. You're missing the moment here, guys, because in a couple of years, you know, everyone's going to be on TikTok, or at least you're going to have to know how to how to work the apparatus. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm not alien to TikTok. Like I, I was a big Vine fan back in the day. And I, I feel like it's really just like the, you know, the, the upgraded version of, of Vine. So I don't know. I just haven't thought of anything that's like, you know, 10 seconds of funny lately. I, I don't know. Like my life has just gotten kind of, um, I wouldn't say boring. It's by no means boring, but it, it's, and it's not humorless, but I, there's not a whole lot of, wow, that's 10 seconds of funny. Yeah. It's too much. I mean, that's the, the issue with it is like, it's too much pressure to have to uh, find something in your natural day that's worth a six second clip. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is like, uh, if I'm going to come out on TikTok, you know, like I want to like, you know, first punch round one, knockout, you know, and, and I'm just like everything I look at, like, it's not that funny, you know, like, I'm just like doing laundry. I'm like, is dryer lint funny? It's not like, it, it's a little funny to me, but it's not, it's not TikTok round one punch one funny. Now, I don't know. I you're like the type of guy, you're the type of guy that would like throw an octopus in a dryer to marinate it or to tenderize it. Don't you think? Yeah, that to tenderize. Yeah. I mean, I, that's something I could do. I've, I've thought about a lot of, um, I, I, so I'm working on this, uh, this, uh, like gray water system to water my plants. And, I, so I've hooked up my washing machine to a sump pump. The sump pump then pumps it out into a storage uh, barrel and then gravity takes care of the rest. But like to make sure that it was properly draining, I had to like jimmy the lid of the washing machine so that I could watch it during spin cycle to make sure that every, all the water was coming out. See, life is not funny, dude. Like life is not funny. And so I'm watching this thing and I was like so like, entranced by the speed at which that thing spins during the spin cycle i was like maybe i could like centrifuge something like what would this totally. do you know for, for like for a vinaigrette like what would this look like you know I, I was gonna say like that's the, the i mean a, the issue a is, washing machine is a gen is is essentially just a big centrifuge that's right. all it really is yeah it's perfect yeah this is where i i have to reveal justin that jasmine is the you know has the actual master's degree in a scientific field <laughs> And I'm also jealous, Justin, you, you seem to be pretty like handy, like even around the house. And, and, and for someone who's known as being a tech guy myself, I am, I am not. Like oh. I, it doesn't translate. My creativity in the kitchen does not translate to nuts and bolts. And it really, it's, it's sad. Well, if you have interest, what I did, um, so, you know, I needed a new outlet, you know, like for my router in my closet, right? And so I called an electrician and I got really lucky that it was this old guy who's like very happy to have me run out to the van for him. And so <laughs> I was like, yeah, can I just hang out and watch? I swear I won't like, you know, interfere. And he's like, well, if you're going to watch, you're going to help. And I'm like, bingo, <laughs> bingo. So then like, I just started paying attention to what he did. And then I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure I can put an outlet in and not have to pay $400 for it. That is not the place I would have started. Electricity is like the scariest thing to me as far as home improvement goes. I and I, me too. But you know, it, it's it's like a, a puppy in a candle. You know, you get shocked once or burned once in the case of the puppy. Man, you you, you figure it out real yeah. quick. Yeah, it's 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 a very Pavlovian experience. Um, yeah, that makes sense. But the opposite, you know, you don't start to salivate when you see a hot wire. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, has that been your uh, you know in this moment we're all sort of taking on these tasks, learning? You're obviously becoming a little bit more of a, a restorer, a handy person around the house. Uh, are there any other things that you've sort of like, hey, I'm going to learn this during this crazy time? Uh, yeah. So I, um, I had this shed that was like, it's like a garage and it was um, old, but not as old as the house. So I had to like go through the historical side society for a uh, permit to take it down because it was just mm -hmm. very scary. You know, it's like a place where there's nothing wrong with it short of the fact that it's just scary. And so I didn't like it. Like I didn't put anything in it. I didn't do anything with it because it was just too creepy. So I was like, like right. haunted, haunted, scary, or just yeah, you know, like I'm sure gonna some, collapse on you, scary. All of the above. You know, there was really like, you know, if if the girl from the ring crept out of it, I'd be like, cool, another day for the shed. Um. Anyway, so I got I, I demolished that thing, and so um. I've done some demolition before, like for my restaurant back in the day, but I'd never really taken down a full size structure. 
So I did that and then I saved all the wood from it to repurpose for other projects. And so like figuring out how to restore the wood or reclaim it, I really don't like that term. It seems so Pinterest, but um, yeah, reclaiming the wood and uh, doing some like plumbing stuff too. You know, that's another thing is like I paid a plumber to come in and I saw how easy PEX, it's like polyethylene plumbing is. And like, it's like Lego for plumbers mm. like it's like water lego and once you have the the tools for it which they're like 60 bucks for a, a crimper and maybe 30 for a cutter it's cheap and it's easy and you can plumb whatever the heck you want wherever the heck you want it uh, what's the uh, See, food i'm gonna i'm gonna call like hijinks here on you justin i feel like um you have tons of stuff to post on social media at this point <laughs> <laughs> like you're like the new bob vila right now i'm too busy plumbing yeah <laughs> But, but that's it. You kind of mentioned it too. You mentioned Pinterest and I'll, I'll use another word that you probably don't like, but you're, you're a hipster dude, right? I mean, you're like from Brooklyn to the RV life to South Dakota now. So <laughs> like, true. you're sort of like, if it's, if it gets your, your counterculture for sure. No. I mean, I, you could say that. And like oddly, oddly prescient, you know, like living in the RV prepared me for like life with my significant other in an enclosed space Totally. And then moving to South Dakota, which has some of the lowest, uh, you know, rates going right now, mm. so, like oddly smart moves. And I like I, I for the first couple months, man, I had like felt like I was having survivor's guilt because everybody in New York was suffering and I'm out here plumbing. You mm. Know? Mm. Yeah, that real quick. Sense. So let's in this moment. And I'm going to be honest, the first two weeks of this pandemic, you were chilling in Mexico, I believe, if I remember following you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And we're at here in Southern California, basically like ready to just go buy the RV and just like realize that we got two or three months at least here, you know, early on. You yeah. did it. Now, everyone's we thinking ahead of the trend. Yeah, yeah you were ahead of the, of the trend. trend. Do you recommend it? What did you learn from just how long were you on the road? Can you break it down for us, the RV situation? Yeah, sure. So I was living in Brooklyn, New York, uh, um, I don't know, 29, 2018. And uh, I just got tired of it. My wife was kind of tired of her job and I was tired of kind of staying at home while she had a day job, you know, just like waiting for the next gig to come in. And, uh, you know, I was doing the dishes and taking care of stuff around the house. But in general, just kind of like being a lump. It's not like I was going to the Met every day, you know. What is the Met anymore anyway? So um, I, uh, we got this like wild hair. We were in visiting relatives in South Dakota and we saw these old timers just cruising in the RV, big grins on their faces. And I was like, man, you know, that's the life. It's a shame you got to do it when you're old. But then we did the math and uh, we're like, wait a minute, they're living off social security. Like this is cheap. So then I was like, wait a minute, I think we can hustle up the money to like make this happen. And Brooke, my wife read a book that was written by some like millennials who were like, yeah, we're just doing it. And uh, I forget the name of the book by, it's by a couple, it's by a woman named Alyssa Paget. And she's a full-time RVer. So we read the book and the book gives you a pretty good idea of like the, the like uh, choose your own adventure way of acquiring and getting into an RV. And so we found this old one chilling in the Poconos and 95 at Tasca Sunrise. And it's like Miami white with like pretty 90s graphics on it and same like color scheme. You know, that like teal and, and pink thing. Miami Dolphins. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's very bizarre. So, um, but we love it. And uh, anyway, we just did it. And I was like, every time I drove it, I would get dry mouth because it's like a lot of anxiety. Your whole life's in there and it's like 30 feet long and we're towing our Jeep behind it, which is a whole nother investment you really have to research because you definitely want a towable vehicle um, mm. or you get what they call like a, a fifth wheel, which attaches to a big truck. So you're either going to buy a big truck if you don't have one to pull your home or you're going to drive your home pulling a smaller vehicle uh, to you know go to the store. So then... We cruised to South Dakota, parked the RV in a uh, parent's driveway so that we could do some work on it and like trick it out. Cause you know, there are no driveways between New York and South Dakota. And uh, well, at least none that we could use. Not free ones, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so we, we camped there for a month or two and uh, just fixed it up. And that's like a whole nother thing that people don't tell you, but like RVs are not built like houses. So basically they take like a, a flat bed, they, they get a big truck. They're all based on normal truck engines. So mine was a Ford F-350, 1995. They take the bed off the truck and the cab off the truck. They leave all the guts there. And then they basically, from the bottom up, build 
your enclosure. So your floor goes down first. So your floor runs the entire length of the RV. So if you buy an RV and you think like, well, I'll just take up the carpet. Well, the carpet is under the walls. Like, so there's a lot of math and weird stuff involved in compromises that have to be made where once you figure that out, you're like, that carpet's staying. Like gross as it may be from 1995, it's staying. So anyway, we tricked it out and then we just left, man. And we just cruised from event to event or from gig to gig. And then actually we were, um, we were outside of San Diego for a little bit in a little town. I want to say it's called Lakeside, maybe Riverside. Riverside. Yeah, yeah Riverside. So it's east yep. of uh, San Diego. And I actually camped there due to your beautiful weather and uh, wrote a cookbook there. And uh, what else did I do? I hiked. There's like a fake El Capitan around there. It's like not the El Capitan in Yosemite, but there's. So we hiked all around there and uh, basically chilled hard and that was pretty much it. You know, as long as I was within like a hundred miles of an airport, I could get to whatever gigs I needed to get to. And, uh, we, we got a, uh, a bootleg Wi-Fi thing where this guy basically sells old unlimited data plan SIM cards. And then you pop it into a mobile router and that's it. And you can get connected. Like it's not, it's not hard. Wow. <laughs> that sounds cool. shady. So then, uh, you might have more questions on that. So one many later. questions. Offline. Uh, sure. Yeah. But here, here's my, so then how do you feel about the, like the, the new trend of, and again, maybe it's just cause I'm on TikTok a lot, but the, the, like the RV influencer who have tricked out their camper, it's beautiful. Every shot there, it's a beautiful sunset in Joshua tree. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. I mean, well, you know, every, every coin has two sides, right? So for every beautiful sunset we saw through like the panoramic, uh, you know, windshield, uh, there was a time where like, and this was like first, first run, we had tricked it out. I was like, all right, I need to get the oil changed. So I had to find a specific place that had bays big enough to change the oil. And I can't get into this place. I'm driving in circles, man. Like you want to drive in straight lines in an RV, not in circles. Yeah. So I'm like, whatever, this looks like the way in. So I drive down this dirt hill and it's so steep that I knock basically the water main of the plumbing off of the, <laughs> off of the RV. So I just like jettison all of the waste <laughs> in, front, in front of this oil change place. Oh, and then, so I'm just like, oh God, my wife's calling me because she's following me. I'm like, she's calling me, she's like, what did you do? Like, what happened? Oh my God, oh my God, like the horror. <laughs> and so I just cruise in there and I act like, kind of like nothing happened. But then when they're changing the oil, you know, I got to go out and like fetch this part, <laughs> you know? So I like get out a trash bag and like, oh my God. Oh man. You know, so those, those people are, are presenting, I think, um, you know, I would say 60% of the reality, but, yeah. um, you know, there, there are things like, for example, you know, your, your waste gives off methane and, uh, oftentimes you're in a sunny, warm place. So that methane and decomposition is sped up dramatically. And so there, this gas needs to have a place to go. And so in your house, uh, like a lot of people don't know, there's like plumbing vents and stuff like that. And they, you know, that's why there's like the smokestack on outhouses and porta pots um because otherwise if the gas has no place to go it'll blow up so like we had a, a problem with like a belching toilet like truly the last thing you want to hear it sounds like it, it sounds like it. a but belching toilet yeah. is not yeah they're giving us the content we need though again we've been thinking about doing this and i also wrote down because again i'm not very handy but i wrote down during your stories must learn how to change oil <laughs> yeah yeah that's something um and you know generally Wait, so, so what happened to the belching toilet Oh, so I went out to, I went up top to the roof, you know, the most big RVs, they have a ladder on them and that's so you can access the stuff on the roof. And so I got up there and, uh, this is one other thing that I think a lot of people should have in an RV, but there are a million things that you could say you need to have in an RV, but basically it's a, a thing that turns a regular hose into like a pressure washer and it, it mm -hmm. just restricts the flow to the point where it's, it's ouchy if you get hit by it. And so, which is what I use it for. But I got up there with that and then I found the smokestack for the toilet and I just fired down in there and it would seem that some debris or some leaves or something got in there and was restricting the, the ventilation. So once I blasted that out, no more burp and toilet. See, look at that. Unbelievable. Justin Warner giving us the content we need, which includes <laughs> also, of course, the Marvel Eat the Universe book. 
which just came out. Thank you, brother, for putting that in my hands. Uh, it's my an pleasure. odd time. I have the two books I have out. This is true. I didn't prop this. And you can't, well, you can see me. Yeah. So I have your book. And then I have a, a hand copy of the U.S. Constitution. <laughs> two things you're going to need in the months going Honestly, forward. Like, this is it. <laughs> uh, dude, I think I'm going to make Juggernaut's breakfast burrito today. Oh, man, it's a fatty. It's a real fatty. You saw I had to get a paella pan to cook that tortilla. <laughs> it's insane. And which also I feel like, uh, again, this is your newest cookbook uh, where you're, you know, each dish is sort of themed uh, based off of a Marvel character, correct? Yes. And you're well informed. Yeah, thank you. And like you're making the actual tortilla. Like you're like this is it's not just like okay, I put some superheroes names next to a dish. That was the mean thing with the when we talked about the show. I was like you're not going to see Captain America cupcakes. What does cupcakes have to do with Captain America? And and you are absolutely not going to see me saying, you know, this is blanks blank like that drives me nuts and i've seen it i've seen it in a lot of like nerd food media and it just doesn't correlate to me it's like missing a fundamental lesson of how you know these people like artists and writers work so hard to create this character and then you're going to slap it on a cupcake no like show your creative process as well and and inspire that creative process in other people and show the correlation of creation between the writers and creators and myself as a, a food creator. And then, you know, Richard, like, I'm sure you could look at the breakfast burrito juggernaut idea and figure out how to make it even bigger. You could probably even put it on TikTok. Yeah, there you go. It would go viral. Uh, for like sure. The flip, the flip would go viral. Yeah, right, definitely. That's go. all. It, uh, Justin, by the way, I have review. If you, if you wanted, it's just, if I, if you just flip anything, automatic uh, views and like that. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, cool. <laughs> Just to break it down, whatever it's a it formula. is, formula. It could be a belching toilet. If it goes in the air and flips, <laughs> it's gonna. I work. love it. Uh, yeah. So you're giving the, uh, the the basically the origin stories to the food with with the characters that the dishes are are uh, with in the book. Uh, how well hard said. is that? How hard was it to come up with? Because again, because you want it to be good, right? Which is really the tough part with any creative process. You have yeah, so man. many dishes in this book to really make sure that they represent the character or the story. Right. Well, I think that this is the chef and in general, the creator's struggle is that you can have a brilliant idea and no path to execution, or you can have the path to execution and it's not a brilliant idea. And the goal, the goal, you know, is to have the brilliant idea with the easy path to execution and it, it blows everybody's mind. Yeah. Bingo. Right. Yes. That that's what it when it hits, you know, like whoever was like chicken and waffles, bingo, easy to make, great execution, everybody loves it, done. Sometimes it's like not so simple, um, and you know when you're trying to squeeze these comic book characters or get whatever food centric information out of them you can, it's really tough. And you know, so generally the thought process goes to like, all right, let's look at like place of origin. Because if you think about food, more often than not, place of origin influences a, a dish. You know, you eat Cajun food uh, and, and Creole food in where? Louisiana. Okay, great. Now any character that's from Louisiana, we have a building block. So Gambit, Rogue, it, it's done. It's written. Anything that we do there is going to be great. But wait, they're lovers, Gambit and Rogue. What are what is a food that goes together in Cajun or Creole food? Food, okay, beans and rice, boom. You know, so now it makes sense. We've just written a story. We've got the narrative. The narrative's in the recipe. Bingo. You know, um, unbelievable. So food. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess, Justin, that you were pretty deep in the Marvel universe before all this, before the show and before the book. So, but how much research did you have to do? To, to complete the book? Like, are you still looking through comic books and doing that, like to really get like origin stories and things like that? Or do you just kind of have a Rolodex in your head at this point? Um, it, it's a little bit of both. You know, I always want to go through and do my homework because the problem with representing a fandom is that you will get called out immediately, harshly. You know, like nope. <laughs> I, people think they have it, have it rough, you know, like uh, worrying about what they're going to tweet or something. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to live in a, in a politically correct, all-inclusive, you know, uh, rights for all society. Like, obviously, I think that's a no-brainer. But man, in fandoms, if you screw something up, you are going to get dragged so hard and yeah. so quick. And uh, you Canceled. look, yeah, look at the comments, man, in the, in the YouTube videos. So people will be like, well, on page 23 of blank, 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 you know, it said that Silver Surfer was eating seafood chowder, not clam chowder. <laughs> like, God, come on. He, he was in New England. Like, 
I'm sorry I used clams to represent the, the food that Silver Surfer consumed once when he fell in love with a chick. Oh my God. You I know? love this. I love this. Yeah. I was good. Yeah. Cause my question, Jasmine asked, asked it in a different way. It was just how serious is your fandom? Obviously pretty intense with the way you broke down those dishes. Uh, I just had a similar experience. So I was asked to come on. It, it didn't work out scheduling wise, but to come on like an X-Men podcast. And I realized that I just, I'm not a big enough fan to probably even be able to like carry on a conversation without getting in trouble for the type of things that you're saying. Like I want to name our two foster cats. I want to name one of them pride. And that's as deep as my fandom goes. Kitty pride. There you go. (laughs) Well, I think that's great. You know, but like you could say what kitty pride's powers are, right? I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, phasing generally, I'm also looking at the gummy candies in front of me, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. But like, uh, the fact that you said phasing and not she can walk through walls, you know, you're obviously uh, at a he's higher like, level of fandom. It's like a level person. two, level three. I probably. appreciate that. Wow. <laughs> Giving me power, empowering me, Justin Warner. Okay. Real quick. Then I'm going to ask you a couple of, well, I'm going to ask you this question and this is a, a very novice sort of Marvel universe. Okay. The Avengers have to fight the X-Men and the fantastic four. It's a three-way battle rumble. Who right. is, who is winning this epic battle? Uh, this is controversial, but I'm going to say Fantastic Four. And the reason I say Fantastic Four is that they, I know, I know, <laughs> Richard's exploding. The, the reason I say that is that they have family first and they take care of each other versus the X-Men and the Avengers. Like half of the stories are based off of their own infighting. I also yeah. think that uh, if you look at, um, you know, if you go deep into Fantastic Four, Franklin Richards uh, is one of the most powerful characters in the Marvel universe. I mean, the kid can create galaxies. And so that you combine that with then the the other, you know, I, I look at like invisibility, big, big punching, you know, stretching in science and fire. You know, they're all kind of like 1930s powers. <laughs> <laughs> right. Fireman, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, the golden, um, golden age. Right. But, um, I, th- I think that it's the combination of those things combined with family unity and then having Franklin Richards being so powerful as part of it. That's just the way that I go. And, you know, I'm sure that's incredibly controversial. Yeah, that is a hot yeah. take. You're going to get some heat. Absolutely. Next one is which, on. which, which team is more dysfunctional, the Avengers or the X-Men? Uh, I'm going to go, this is rough. I'm going to go with X-Men and I'm going to, say that because they are founded on dysfunction you know think about the new mutants right um the young version of the x-men in the comics or or even just think about what you know from i'm not talking to you guys but to the the people who have seen x-men on a plane you know these are start out as kids that go to a school and they're they're trying to come to grips with who they are during puberty you know uh the the mutant powers tend to be latent until you hit this tumultuous state of life, you know, as if having peach fuzz wasn't bad enough, you know, you've got claws popping out of your lasers shooting out of your eyes. And so I think we have a, we have a 12 year old. We're aware of all these things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you should only be so lucky that it's lasers only, you know? <laughs> and so I, I think that um, part of the, the X-Men story is that all of the X-Men are still dealing with the fact that they are quote unquote like afflicted with these powers and and the struggle that's associated with them so i think in general you know they're they all experience high school angst and we all know the person who experienced high school angst and got a little stuck there welcome to the x-men like that's a team yeah that that is what they are you know i would wager they're all like still like you know like listening to death metal and stuff i went through the same phase and i'm still struggling with it myself but i'm also a little bit of a mutant you know, and I think a lot of creative people are. Not that yeah. I am a creative person, but people tell me that. No, oh, you are. And that's why I love the X-Men. Uh, so then the follow-up is more of a, uh, what's more dysfunctional then? Uh, the X-Men or the cast of Triple G? Oh, dude, dude. <laughs> it's got to be the cast of Triple G, man. We're, oh my <sighs> gosh. People ask me, Richard, you know what it's like, man. It is like seriously like xavier's school for like the stunted like it's i don't know what it is with us man but we're just like circus mazurkas or something like everybody is so 
fired up and that set is so zany and the action is so ridiculous and you know Richard you and I have been there where we're watching the monitors of the chef's cooking and you're just seeing this person like fall down the culinary flight of stairs you know <laughs> and I for some reason our reaction is to you know not necessarily make fun but certainly make light of the fact that this person is going down in flames you know yes. like Richard how many times you have we just looked at each other and said and here we have Carol in uh, kitchen one who is you know uh, going for a reverse sear method without the reverse or the searing you know, you know like, <laughs> uh, I love how we've now it's Carol and now we also have just a name for this person which is perfect <laughs> keeping it on the food and uh, comic theme uh, who in the Marvel Universe do you think best represents Mr. Guy Fieri? Oof, good question. Um, and if you want to get, if you want to think about that one, who do you think represents you in the Marvel Universe? Who do you want to be, and who do you think you are in the Marvel Universe? So I think everybody characterizes me as as Peter Parker, Spider Man, and like I get it, you know, nerdy, you know, same color hair. Um, yeah dude like people see me as acrobatic i'm a slug i just happen to not be like i fit in size 30 pants you know like i am a slug though um what i want to be is is captain america um you know captain america in my opinion represents america in a a non-partisan manner and represents the ideal not not the history not the people it it's simply the ideal. Like Captain America doesn't like bullies. He doesn't want to kill anybody if he doesn't have to, you know? He just doesn't like bullies. And I don't know. I love that he just knocks people out with a shield. I think that the the metaphor of that is so I mean it's pretty blunt. Ha <laughs> that was a, a bludgeoning people joke. Um that's who I wanna be. I wanna unite people and I wanna show people that uh you know, we, we have a lot of common ground in the as Americans, you know we have so much privilege and so much right. We should be protecting people, not punishing people, but moving on. Um, yeah, this well, listen, a here's, a, here, here's right? something you didn't know because you just <laughs> met Jasmine. Captain America is her favorite Avenger. And I'm not sure that's just because she likes Chris Evans, but- I see. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't yeah, hurt. it doesn't hurt. Yeah, <laughs> I've noticed a weird correlation. A lot of wives seem to really enjoy that yeah. patriotic man. And you might not uh, notice Jasmine has a uh, a Marvel shirt on I too. Do. She's oh, got a I am it. Natasha Natasha Roman. Yeah. Oh wow, that's that's great. Uh, we we dressed up for you today. I'm really impressed. Thank you guys. Um, <laughs> Wait, I, so I want to hear Richards because I know Richards actually who he actually is, but um, I want to hear Richards like who you think you are. Oh. Yeah, I do too. What you at? Yeah. Wow. You well, I mean, I'll I'll keep it. I'll, I'll I think I'll keep it in the X Men camp to start. Um, so like like a lot like I I want to be Wolverine, right? Like like who doesn't just want to like totally like thrash and shred people up and you know have all of that power in such a small frame, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're built. You're built like the original, like the Wolverine. Yeah. I'm, the I'm, I'm about Wolverine height. I'm actually probably a couple inches taller, right? Because he's like what five four or something like that, Justin. Something like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like literally a Wolverine. Like, exactly. Yeah. But the fact is, I'm probably more of a Cyclops, and like yeah, people I don't. Some people don't like me. I know it, and it's just like I, I have my own. I mean, they're all tortured, but and yeah. I, I think I'm the captain. Am I really? No one listens to me. Who knows? I mean, <laughs> if you if you agree with it, okay. I, I was going to think of you as, as Mr. Fantastic, personally. Wow. Um, and I honestly think, Richard, you know, with your super malleable facial hair, you could represent any era of Mr. Fantastic. And I think if you were to um, just hit the sideburns with a, a little bleaching agent, You'd be set. Like, mm. and it's a, it's a walking cosplay. Like you're good to go. You've got that litheness too, you know? I like give it. Me a, give me the 101. I don't know who Mr. Fantastic Ooh. is. Mr. Fantastic is like the father figure of the Fantastic Four. And his power is ah. that he, he can stretch, but he's also a brilliant scientist. Probably one of the most brilliant in the, the Marvel Universe. So like the classic thing is like, we've got a science problem. Like let's put Bruce Banner and uh, Tony Stark and uh -huh. Mr. Fantastic in a room and watch them solve it. it. You know, and he always comes out with some like, well, with my sonic ray disabler, you know, that sort of thing. Um, you know, they, the Fantastic Perfect. Four, though, has just, the, the movies have been a disservice, which is rare in this time. Uh, as an employee of Marvel, I, I can't comment. <laughs> well, played. well played. Well, they haven't made, I mean, a Fantastic Four movie hasn't been made in 
a decade maybe sometimes, right sometimes. i mean yeah. well i mean i yeah. say this so i mean i think you know the even the more recent marvel movies have come light years since like the first avengers movie, i mean i say so. this as an x-men fan like just i know there's different companies making different movies but like the avengers movies have just really set the bar pretty incredibly high well you know i in general, I think it's it was such a huge risk and such a big payoff to say we're going to do something and here's our ten year plan, and uh, and then execute it and have so many Easter eggs and rewards and payoffs for people who are following along the way. It was it was like a ten year serial, and and you know uh, people love serials. People love overarching plots and whatnot. Mm. And uh, I think it was just it was very smart and i don't know that i would have ever had the ability to weave 10 years of of movies together so who is guy fieri in the marvel universe i'm i'm still trying to figure this out you know guys obviously you know the mayor of flavortown right so it has to be somebody who leads mm -hmm. um which is interesting because you're not going villain because you could you could have just gone very powerful villain even though he's not villainous yeah and and but we had also mentioned um, you, you know that he, he that Flavortown is just full of like merry marauders. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I I'm leaning towards Deadpool, dude. And I know that I know that that might be a little bit of a stretch, but you know Deadpool is always breaking the fourth wall. Deadpool is one of the funniest, and sure, like he's one of the most profane, and Guy is not the most profane person. But I certainly think that Guy uses humor a lot more he uses humor to be the authority you know well, that'd taste good on a flip-flop you know or like i get mental <laughs> with the lentil so you know what i mean i i can absolutely see deadpool like in india he's got a plate of doll in front of him he's like well it looks like a flip-flop but it tastes better than one i can get mental with the lentil you know <laughs> that's where i'm going with that uh, maybe Guy can regenerate. He's certainly had the career that it would seem so. Oh, my God. Dude, mic drop, spatula drop, whatever you want to say, yeah. breaking it down. I like that. Justin Warner, always a pleasure. You're the man. I hope that the uh, belching toilet will be under control and that the <laughs> DIY projects and the, the, the haunted shed. Dude, thank you so much for hanging out with us, brother. I appreciate it. I hope to see you in person very soon. Likewise. Thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, I, my face hurts now because I'm like smiling and laughing. Same here. Same here. Love you, dude. Awesome. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Justin Warner for joining us. Thanks to San Pellegrino for the support. Thanks to Mikel Anthony for the music. And thanks to my co-host, Richard Blaze. This has been Starving for Attention. And until next week, stay hungry.